Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about Action Plumbing. Spring into action before the summer rush and get a complete AC diagnostic checkup for just $39. Schedule today by calling 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. Jake, have you ever have you ever had a really aggressive massage? Uh, no. I've only had one massage in my entire life, and it I wouldn't categorize it as aggressive Austin? Uh, no, don't ask me that question <laughs> why that's just creepy well just, Car- just... Car- carlos correa apparently is going to miss four to six weeks with a broken rib how did he get said rib broken rib with an well, aggressive massage well, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, that's what the story Jake, says have you ever had a really aggressive <laughs> massage <laughs> no <laughs> stop it He's out four to six weeks because of a massage. Mm. Now, I've had a massage before where it really hurts, you know, when they're doing that deep tissue thing. But uh, I've never actually, you know, been. <laughs> Is David ready? <laughs> yes. Ask him if he's ever had. No, no, we're not going to ask him that. <laughs> okay. We're not. We're going to keep it basketball related or at least some other <laughs> cheeky shenanigans that have nothing to do uh, with look, this. David's a great skier. And I bet you he's had some massages through the years, you know, because no. you got to. Uh, no, I don't. No, we're not going to talk about this. Hello, David. How are you? Jake, have you been up recently? <laughs> I have not. I bet it's still great. Oh, I, my son and I went Sunday. It was terrific. Well, uh, Snowbird uh, got even more snow. We were talking last week about uh, the whatever, what was it, 70, 80 feet that they've gotten, and they've added to it. Seven, 700 inches they went over, and uh, yeah, it was really good. We went up kind of midday midday on sunday and had about two and a half hours and the light went flat unfortunately but like we quit because the light went flat not because the snow was bad like, it was great your son does some wild stuff on skis these days you still keeping up uh no not like it's a joke <laughs> i mean he doesn't even like he's not even trying i mean he's like skiing not to get hurt when we're out i mean i was being a little cautious too but you know the funniest one we had this year with my son was so he drives down to the valley a lot of days for school now and he drives i-80 which can be quite a speed race so he's really under pretty strict rules to not break 75 miles an hour like okay speed limit 65 but you're going to probably go 75 to be in the flow and right like no faster than 75 and he skied a downhill race this year and went 77 on his skis (laughs) wow so he broke the speed limit Right. So, like, mom's like, that applied to skis as well, by the way. I don't care if it was a race and they were keeping track of time. I don't want you, like, you're not allowed to do that. So, so David, what is the feeling like for a parent watching his kid go 77 miles an hour? So, we, he was at Schweitzer in Idaho. We were not there. Um, it was a really long day in the house because the way it works is you watch this thing called live timing and it kind of tells you when they start. And then when they finish and so mom stayed upstairs and i swear my mom my wife did like 17 loads of laundry i think she was doing like two towels at a time just so that she was busy upstairs and then uh 
Um, I was watching live timing while working and kind of not trying, trying not to like, if it was bib 68 to not be, you know, watching 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, but more like just occasionally check to see, Oh, he's done. Like, and then yell up to my wife, he's safe. Like, so it was not good. That was, it was a less than good day. He really is, likes the speed. He's a little better at it than we'd like him to be. Luckily he's small. So, um, I don't think he's on anyone's radar as a speed skier, and the only way you're going to speed ski after high school is if you're doing it for the U.S. ski team, and he's probably not that good, um, at least in the down. I don't think so, and he's just not big enough. So I think we're going to dodge that bullet that he ends up being a speed skier. Um, But he likes it, and he's good at it. He's a little too good at it, actually. We'd like him to be a little less good at it. Yeah, 77 miles an hour. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's cooking, man. (laughs) That is moving. Uh, I'll send you the vi- I'll send you the video. Like you can see the moment when he's at max speed. It's it's uncomfortable. Mm. David Locke with us, of course, voice of the Utah Jazz, uh, right here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. David, I want to get a, a finals preview with you, but before we do, let's talk about some of the juicy stuff that's come out today, according to Woj on ESPN. Everybody's up for trade for the Houston Rockets. What do you uh, what do you make of that report? Maybe it's motivation. What are what is Houston trying to do? What did you uh, think today? So I didn't know that. Um, I have my uh, notifications still turned off. I just kind of have decided I don't don't Smart need. Man. I'm trying to see if I live a life <laughs> where I'm not being notified 40 times a day of what's important. That maybe I can be see if I actually survive. Um, so you're the so tell me exactly what the retweet was, and then yeah. I'll, you'll get my real time reaction. Here it is, uh, according to Woj. Sources in calls to front offices, Houston GM Daryl Morey is showing an aggressive desire to improve roster with all players and picks available in talks. Hard to imagine James Harden scenario, but the rest under contract, perhaps even Chris Paul, could be moved in the right deal. Well, so I mean, I think they would love to move out from under Chris Paul. Right, because of that salary, and so is there a team that out there is close that thinks if they and Chris Chris Paul is a problem. Like he was a problem in L.A. with a personality, and now there's there's reports about Chris Paul being in a fight with a locker room with James Harden. Like it is like uh, it is like well known in the league that like Chris Paul's personality is really really tough on people, and um, you know I think it was telling that the two guys that didn't sign. Um, re-signed with them last year, Trevor Ariza and um, Luke Bamute had played with Chris Paul before. Like, they just, you know, and you just, and like that their slow start to me was a little bit this year of like Chris Paul's yelling at me again, I got to do this for seven straight months. I'm just not interested. So I think there's an element where Chris Paul is a really difficult teammate. He's also under maybe one of the worst contracts in the league. And so they are probably willing to move Chris Paul. Now, if you're Boston, do you like suddenly think if you add Chris Paul to that mix that you get enough fire and brimstone that you can go win the East? Maybe. And so then maybe Chris Paul's worth it. Um, you know, I don't know all the, you know, if you get Chris Paul and bought in, in Boston, do you then also get Anthony Davis? Like there's, so there's the, the amount of moving pieces this off season are incredible. Otherwise, I don't really know what the other moving pieces are that are that interesting. Like these PJ Tucker's available, I guess. Like they don't, and Clint Capella, like, I don't know. I mean, Clint Capella would be interesting to me if Houston moved Clint Capella. Cause I think Clint Capella and Rudy Gobert are very similar. I think in some ways Capella's better and most ways Rudy's better. Um, but if they were to move Capella, 
it would be, I think Daryl Morey's, you know, very good. So that would be an interesting thing to me. Like, oh, he didn't like his version of Rudy Gobert. Like, that would be an eye-opener to me. David, what do you make of the soap opera in L.A. with the Lakers? You know, Magic and Rob Palenka having problems and uh, talk of Rich Paul dividing the locker room and all that. Do, uh, is this a real problem around the league that agents sometimes uh, do create a bit of a division uh, amongst teams? Well, I mean, I think agents can cause problems because an agent's job is to can to work for their client, not for the team, right? So there's nothing about my job if I'm an agent that I'm interested in the team's well-being. My job is to serve my clients, and I'm going to get future clients based on that. I've heard Rich Paul stories that were actually even more significant than what was in that article. Um, I kept waiting. Like, I've heard two or three stories I can't really share, um, but that I kept waiting to hear in that story that I thought Baxter had, and then he didn't, they didn't show up. So that would le- just lead me to believe that the Rich Paul stuff is real. What I didn't re- know was that, and, and all my stuff is this year, like Rich Paul this year, um, which was all related to Anthony Davis. What I didn't know was that Rich Paul was doing it the year prior almost as a scouting trip for LeBron James is, was the feeling. Now that's incredible. Um, and that, that, that was the feeling of the coaching staff that there, there's, you know, the Lakers aren't making any friends. Lakers, you know, obviously they've, they've scorched enough earth that now people are scorching back. And frankly, Rob Palinka and, and, um, and Magic Johnson are questionably qualified for this job. Justin Zanuck's doing a really nice job of making that adjustment from agent to um, general manager, and Bob Myers has obviously been exquisite at it in Golden State, but it hasn't worked in a lot of other places. Lon Dabby did it. Arn Kellum's done it in Detroit to mixed results. It has not been, the, you know, what Rob Blink is doing is not, it's not a, necessarily a script for success. I think it's a script based on if you have the right person doing it, not one who tells stories about Kobe Bryant having dinner with Heath Ledger six months after Heath Ledger was dead. That was very strange, part of that. And one of the, the, the things, and this has been an issue with LeBron wherever he's gone, right, is that his his guys, Rich Paul, you know, uh, his surrounding, um, you know, friends and associates. have. You, had, know this is, you know this is why he left Miami, right? Because he didn't have that control with Pat Riley, right? Right. Because, like, at the very beginning, if you remember, this, this, you know, this is, let me clarify, this is rumors and stories. LeBron sure. has not told me this personally. So this is NBA scuttlebutt at its finest. And, you know, but the story is that very early in his tenure, he wants Spolster fired. Um, he, they tell him no. And then they say, and by the way, get all these guys off our away. Like, and, you know, the approach by the Miami Heat with, with LeBron James was that you just – signed up for four years here and now we own you not vice versa now he also left right he left to go back to where he had control and he won a title at home so is that i don't know what the right result is on any of these things on how you how you manage a superstar but the nba scuttlebutt in out of miami was that miami said no 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 we don't play that and that's part of the reason he left I guess I was going to ask you, David, because you know the inner workings of these things so well. What is the norm with a normal NBA franchise? How many access? I, I realize you have to deal with agents, but how much access do star players' agents actually get in these types of scenarios? What is kind of the the huge? I think you know. I don't. I've never seen. I've seen definitely seen 
you know, agents walking around our facility and getting a tour of our facility. I've seen agents having di- have having meals with our front office people in the facility before because they're you know they want to show that right. You want to show the agent in a you know that hey here here we here's what we have and look how we treat our players and look what Anthony puts together as a chef and you know look how great this is. Um, so I've seen all of that, which is always you know done in in a manner of recruiting. I've you know I know that our front office people will take a trip to a city and go see an agent while they're there. Again, kind of in the name, let's make sure that contact is open. Um, and these conversations are really important. You know, I know I know of an agent today, you know, who was calling around the teams trying to orchestrate sign and trade deals for his client who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and or this year and he's trying to orchestrate sign and trade deals right now to see what teams might be interested to figure out what his marketplace is so you've got to have that communication with with teams and have it out there now whether they get to go to practice and watch practice i'm not sure i've ever seen an agent at any of our practices but i also don't know that it's per se prohibited right you might want to see what quinn snyder does as a coach to show them how great he is so i think it's just a you know it's that fine line and it obviously sounds like the lakers were on the wrong side of it david what do you make of this finals matchup uh, do you think this will be something that is interesting and enjoyable yeah i think it'll be really interesting so i think uh we're being we're being impacted by recency bias that the warriors smoked the blazers but that should have been a second round matchup or a first round, probably a second round matchup. And then the Rockets against the Warriors should have been the second, third, right? The, the conference finals, in which case then the Warriors win in what? Six? Is that what it was? Did they win that in six or five? They didn't take that in five, did they? Um, six. So they take that, huh? Six. You're right. Sorry. Six. So if the Warriors had just played the Rockets in six, and the Raptors had just beat the Bucks in six, I would be telling you that the Raptors are better than the Rockets. And we got a series. I think we're being skewed by recency bias of the fact that the last team that Warriors played wasn't as good as these other teams. There were there were four teams in the NBA this year that were better than anyone else. Um, the 76ers probably deserve some mention in there, but they I don't think they were quite that good. We never really found out. And so that is the Raptors, the Bucks, the Rockets, and the Warriors. They were better than anyone else in the NBA. They were all year. The Raptors were the best team I saw on any given day. The Bucks were the best statistical team, and the Warriors the Warriors. And the Rockets were the best team in the second half of the season. So I think it's going to be quite a series. And I, I am leaning toward thinking Toronto might win it. Um, I think the Warriors are going to have a hard time reassimilating everyone, and particularly if DeMarcus is going to play. And I have never seen a team, um, the closest I was last year's Rockets, who can send as many players toward the Warriors defensively, right? So Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, um, OG Ananobi if he's healthy, Pascal Siakam, they can really guard a lot of different guys. Like, And I I think this gets uh, – and they've, they've got a guy in Kawhi Leonard who on a, any given moment might actually be the best player on the floor. Now, the interesting thing is I think that the, the player the Warriors have to have to win this series is Durant because he's the one that's not guardable. But I, you go put Danny Green on Clay Thompson, you you can bother Clay Thompson. If you take Clay Thompson away, the Warriors lose. That's a big loss. You you go put, you know, one of their athletic wings on, um, on Steph Curry and even Kawhi Leonard for some possessions, and that's gonna that would be a problem. So, 
Uh, I, I think this could be one heck of a series. Um, I think that they'll the Warriors will hunt out Kyle Lowry, the, the Raptors will hunt out Steph Curry, and we'll see which two of those can defend the best. How impressed were you with Nick Nurse in the last series, the adjustments he made defensively against Milwaukee? I thought it was brilliant. Um, so I'm biased on this because Dwayne Casey's my guy. And I think the Nick Nurse love is a little much for me. I so thought, I thought what they did. I by... mean, I thought he made some. I thought he made some nice adjustments. So I'll give you that. But you know why they're in the finals this year and they weren't the year before? They got the best player on the floor. <laughs> right, they got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Like they had Demar Rosen. We're not talking about Nick Nurse being a genius. True. I'm like, what do you do against? You know, like what did he do against Giannis? Like, pretty obvious, right? Like, I mean, frankly, I thought Mike Budenholzer really misused Giannis, but I don't know the inner workings of that team, and I, so I get very – like, it seemed to me like Giannis had no gravity on the floor and they weren't guarding him, so you should be putting him in the pick and roll and having him roll to the basket the way we used Gobert to create some – at least bend the defense a little bit. And there was nothing there that was going on that was bending the defense. So I, I don't – I'm not being negative to Nick Nurse. I'm not – I don't – like, just because you said positive and I didn't agree does not mean I'm being negative. I just think the Nick Nurse love is absurd when the reason they're in the finals is because of Kawhi Leonard, and the reason Dwayne Casey wasn't in the finals is because he had DeMar DeRozan. Do you think the fact that the uh, Raptors are having the success that they're having may uh, tempt Kawhi to stay right where he is? No, I don't. I actually think if he had his mind made up and he knew what he was going to do, then, like, I think that he, you know, all the more, like – all the more he's going to leave, frankly. Like, he's proved his point, he's beloved, he did his thing, and he wants to live in L.A. Like, <laughs> like if, he's, if that's really what he's wanted the whole time, is go live in L.A. and go play in the Clippers with Kevin Durant, then, oh, um, you know, then that's what he wants to do. So Durant to the Clippers. You heard it, you heard it here first. Oh, wow. Silence. David, you are the best. Thank you so much, as always, for jumping on with us. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Enjoy these first couple See of games. Guys. See you, buddy. There you go. David Locke. Mark it down. Durant to the Clippers. And we'll see. I've heard that from uh, a couple of reports out there that he may he may be considering it. I, uh, I saw the uh, odds out of Vegas yesterday, and uh, I, I think that that was, according to the odds makers, a – I think it was the second most likely possibility. I I can see why the Clippers would be an attractive franchise. Well, they have a terrific owner. Yep, who's very enthusiastic, and they've got leadership, unlike uh, their neighbors, the the Lakers, <laughs> where it seems like they've got a power structure in line, and they are turning into a well-run franchise. Where obviously, traditionally, the Clippers have not been, and it's amazing when you get an, an owner that that'll put things in line. Yeah. It, it seems like that would be an attractive destination. All right, we'll have more of the big show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.